Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here you go. Here you go. Reset. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It is Tuesday, June 27th. You are looking live at the Metal Ark Studios here in Miami, where we've got another edition of Nothing Personal for you. Reset as in roster reset. That's where my head is, because all anyone is talking about here is Lillard, Lillard, Lillard. Let's get Lillard. We've got him. We didn't get Bradley Beal, they're saying in Miami, but don't worry. Everything's going to be just fine because they're doing a roster reset in Portland. And that means we're going to get Lillard because he's going to choose Miami. Meanwhile, he's got two years, $93 million left on his contract in Portland. Meanwhile, he's sitting around having meetings with their GM, Joe Cronin. And God, did I laugh. I was trying to think last night after doing, what do we do, Coca? Eight shows, hours and hours because we love doing this and we love that you give us your time. So I spent some time staring at the ceiling when I got back up to my room. And I was trying to think of every time that I sat with a player to discuss roster construction. Just sitting around. I wasn't thinking about an official meeting where you send out a Google calendar invite. Dear Dame, please come meet the GM at 4 p.m. on April 20th so we can discuss the roster and the makeup and see if we can convince you that we are trying to win and that even though we drafted a guy with a third pick that we're serious about contending now and ignore the fact that we have the fourth worst odds to win the West. Don't be ridiculous. Everything's great. I was just thinking, not even an official meeting, just like in the clubhouse, having a schmear, Sitting around with players, we talk about a lot of stuff. Most of it is completely asinine. There's so many hours that you spend with the players, with your baseball operations department. You're just together. So you're talking about any possible thing. Sometimes it's even business. There are players who will talk to you and they'll say, hey, man, we're scuffling. We need some pitching. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Our bullpen keeps blowing it. Sorry about that. Man, we need some better contact. God, we don't have enough power. No question. Once in a while, we'll say to players, and I've said to players, we just don't have the payroll capacity. We're not going to be taking on payroll, but we will try to fill in at the margins. We're going to try to get our baseball people to make some smart moves. But I never sat down with a player and went through my black bag where I have the roster I would talk to players about options. They were always interested in that. How many options does a player have? How many times can they be sent to the minor leagues? Who's doing what in arbitration had contracts, uh, had discussions about those contracts. How does it work? What were you thinking 
sat with Cody Ross many times to talk about his arbitration case. But roster construction? Let me ask you a question, Dame. We're thinking about doing a few things here. Give me your thoughts. Now, not to say I didn't go to players and ever mention specific players, because I did. Went to Stanton to talk about whether or not he'd be okay if we acquired Mike Fires. Went to Stan to tell him we were trading AJ Ramos after we told AJ we were trading him. Went to other players, spoke to Conine about stuff all the time. Happy birthday to Mr. Marlin. Jeff Conine, enjoy your day. Spent time with him before he was a special assistant, when he was active. But an actual roster construction meeting. I want to understand what goes on in a meeting where the GM leaves and makes the following statement. This is Joe Cronin, an actual thing he said after a meeting with Dame Lillard. I can't make it up because it wouldn't be a show. I met with Dame and Aaron Goodwin this afternoon. We had a great dialogue. For Christ's sake, it's not a dialogue. Just say you had a great meeting. We had a great conversation. What are we like? Shakespeare? We had a great dialogue. Four score and seven years ago, tell me how thy love thee roster. Construction. We had a great dialogue. We, notice the wording here, we remain committed to building a winner around Dame. God, have they sucked at that. I wonder if that's how the dialogue goes. Where, hey, we've been trying to build a winner around you since you got here. Forget the fact that we have missed the postseason three times in your career, which is hard to do when you're one of the top. What was Lillard again, Coca? First All-NBA, second All-NBA, third All-NBA, whatever. He's in the top six at his position for sure. They've missed the playoffs three times. The last two, they haven't sniffed it. I can't even do that right now. Too sick. So, by the way, Coke and I are not in the same state, and we are equally sick, but neither rain nor sleet nor snot will stop this show from happening. We remain committed to building a winner. I never once said to anybody, player, press, owner, GM, cohort, we are not committed to building a winner. Even when we tore a team down, hey, we're committed to building a winner. We're always committed to building a winner. Now, you could say we're committed to maintaining a winner when you win. If you make the playoffs, you say, Dame, we're committed to making the playoffs again. That's what everyone says. To consistently make the playoffs and compete for championships. That's another phrase that everyone loves to use in the front office. We are committed should be committed. But his choice of the word we, does that include Dame? I don't think so. We remain committed to building a winner around Dame. That's like Joe talking to the owner? Or is it Joe talking to Billups, the coach? Is it Joe talking to himself? Is it Joe talking to his burner account that could be run by him or his wife? No, that's the wrong GM. I don't even know what that means. Is that going to change everything? When Dame told them 
I don't want you to think that I'm going to be here to be around young players. Remember when I said that a few days ago? You really want to be remain committed to building? Is that how the dialogue went? Hey, Dame, do me a favor. What you're doing isn't working. You don't want to play with young people. You're not nice to them. You don't mentor them. Why can't you be more like Aaron Rodgers? Take this box of chocolates from Forrest Gump. Eat them. You may be seeing things. You may feel funny. But maybe it will give you the light. And you'll see how important it is to actually care about being a good teammate. And not saying things like, I don't want to be here to be around young players. I want to win now. I guess he's not going to be traded to the Spurs because Dame wouldn't want to play with Victor. In June of 21, that's two years ago, we did a wait to see that Lillard would not be traded. That wait to see, actually, excuse me, screwed that up, Coca. Ready? Cut it. Four, six, nine. Start that again. 28, 42, 69. On July 9th, 2021, I had to wait to see that Damon Lillard would not be traded. Wait to see when we tell you it's going to happen or it doesn't happen, but we always revisit it because we're not going to be like those people. And we won that. Lillard was not traded. That's how long this nightmare has been going on. Well, here we are on June 27th, and I'm re-upping it. Starting again, a new wait to see. Lillard will not be traded by the Trailblazers. Because I believe that the NBA has gone off the rails. I've spent plenty of time talking about player empowerment. Plenty of time talking about players holding their teams hostage. But things that are happening in the NBA are not just player empowerment based, not just I want to play here, I want to play there. I'm not happy with who I'm playing with. One of the things with the salary cap in the NBA is that you've got players who are signed to large deals. Sometimes you could call them max deals who are not what I would call max players. And like in baseball, when you sign a long-term deal, sometimes you have buyer's remorse as early as the next day. Sometimes it takes a season or two. Sometimes it takes two or three teams to pay the salary of that player because he keeps getting traded from one team to the next and everyone's paying a bit of it because it's a total overpay. Baseball has no excuse because they don't have to spend to a number. In basketball, you have to spend to a certain number, not over the number. Then you get screwed. Side note, let's go off a little bit. We'll go off the rails. When I say get screwed, I'm thinking about Ishbia and his new owneritis. I'm thinking about Golden State and the fact that they spend more money than anyone. They have more revenue than anyone, but God, they spend. And the collective bargaining agreement in the NBA has provisions in it that are meant solely to curtail those lunatics at the top of the salary scale. They call it 
the double second secret probation apron. It's a financial provision that is in basically it is there to say, don't you dare go over this. It's worse than the Steve Cohn tax, actually, which is the a level of the MLB of MLB's luxury tax. That is a place where they thought the Mets would just go over by a, a bit. And instead, they decided to go over it by like 70 million and they still stink. But in the NBA, if there's a luxury tax threshold, and if you want to go $17.5 million above it, you are going to be in the double secret probation penalty phase. And then you've got a problem. If you exceed it, not only do you lose the right to get a mid-level exception, and a mid-level exception may seem like nothing to you. If you don't know what it is, just know it is flexibility to sign a player where other teams may not be able to do it. The Atlanta Braves, they're not the Atlanta Braves, Coca. Are we live? Of course we are because it's 8-12 Eastern. I'm so conditioned at 8-12. There's nothing I'd be doing. Even on weekends at 8-12, I find myself talking into a microphone to myself. The Atlanta Hawks traded Tom Collins for a guy named Rudy Gay. And that trade was done to give Atlanta roster flexibility to enable them to try to build something better around Trey Young. But above that, it gave them a huge mid-level exception, which they can use. Forget the fact that you need to hire four people to understand the cap that's harder than the IRS code. The reality is that what the Hawks did gave them something that other teams don't have. So the mid-level exception actually matters. And you lose it if you go over that second threshold. In addition, you can't do what rich teams like the Dodgers like to do that we talked about yesterday and that we know the Mets are going to try to do if they actually buy, which they shouldn't, they should sell because they stink. I'm going to work that in 10 times. So get ready, Scott and Matt. I'm working it in 10 times in this show today. Count it. I'm at two so far. Including cash, the way the Mets did with Escobar, and they stink. You can't do that in the NBA if you go above that second apron. And including cash in trades actually matters. In the NBA, they always talk about all the NBA insiders, whether they're moving betting lines or not, all the NBA insiders, what they do is they go back and forth on what trades can be made. And it's based in large part on salary cap. Who makes what? And you have to do, they're making this, they're making that. You got to match them like Gene Rayburn. And so if you do not match, sometimes a team is able to accept more salary in a trade than you send out. If you're over the apron, you can't do it. And teams that have money love to accept more salary in trades. They love to find a way. In addition, you can't trade your first round pick for seven years into the future. Like you can't trade a 2030 pick in 2023. Why does that matter? Have you noticed in NBA trades? It's, it's like the Charlie Finley rule, which happened way back when, this is now 50 years ago, where they stopped being able to trade draft picks and stop trading players for money because... 
Charlie Finley was just trading everyone in a fire sale situation and just getting back picks. Everyone's happy to trade first round picks when you don't need them and you think you're going to be good. But there's a limit to how many in a row and you got to go every other year and there's a maximum that you can do. I can only imagine if the Mets were allowed to trade picks, I can imagine Steve Cohn saying, hey, I realize the Mets stink, but man, it would be amazing if we could just trade all these picks because other teams would love picks. We want players to perform now because we have to win now. And in theory, the teams who have these windows of winning and are spending at these levels where they go above the second apron, they want this flexibility that the NBA has taken away. Brilliant bargaining. Players in the Major League Baseball Union, they want the teams at the top to spend and spend and spend and be rewarded with winning. I told you how much the union loves the Mets and how despondent they are that the Mets stink and the Padres. Despondent. So the CBAs are put together. That's why they're so complicated. That's why no one reads them. Because there are things in there that are meant to attempt to rein in irrational people and curb irrational behavior. Even the NHL does that. The NHL flexed its muscles yesterday. I like this. We don't normally talk about NHL trades, but this was actually a good one, Coca. That made me smile. Let me give you the quick backstory and tell you why this matters. The backstory is that there's a team in Philadelphia called the Flyers. They were trying to trade a guy named Tony D'Angelo to the Carolina Hurricanes. Doesn't really matter who the players are, but here's what they did. They signed a player, paid him, and then traded the player back. Here's the problem. It's a violation of the CBA and the NHL. You can't trade a player and then have the team that you traded the player to pick up part of his salary, then reacquire that same player. Why do they do that? They do that because teams, in order to circumvent the cap, and this is one of my big issues with salary cap and why I have fought it tooth and nail just because I don't want to hire a whole new department to figure out how to get around it. Not that I ever had to worry about getting around it, but I didn't want the Yankees. Remember yesterday, the conversation about leveling the playing field and off-field non-uniform personnel? Can you imagine if baseball had a salary cap? The Dodgers would immediately hire 20 people into their salary cap avoidance department. There'd be associates, managers, VPs, People paid tons of money. Tell me how I can spend more. Steve Cohn would say, I'm taking half the people from my hedge fund. God knows the Mets stink. We need some help. I'm going to bring them over and teach them how to avoid paying taxes. The Heat would do the same thing. He'd bring everyone over from Carnival. Carnival would walk into the Heat office and say, I know how to avoid this. It's simple. Let's register the heat in Panama. I don't think that would work in the NBA, actually. So Gary Bettman 
was aware of this rule being violated and put a hold on the trade. I'm interested that a team would agree to a trade in violation of the CBA. Did they think they just wouldn't get caught or the commissioner's office wasn't paying attention? The commissioner's office approves every trade, NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL. That's one of their jobs. Before anything happens, there are people not making a lot of money who are hugely smart, whose job is to make sure that no one's violating the rule of a document they likely haven't read. But those people have. Hell, they were involved in writing it. There will be a settlement here. They will rework the trade. They will figure out a way to make another trade. We had to do that once. I know you know this story, Coca. I shouldn't say I know you know this story. As you pointed out yesterday, we've done 960 some odd episodes together. You may have heard everything. Coke, I got a small issue right now. I have absolutely no idea what we were just talking about. Can you please help me? We are live and you're hearing it. Oh, a trade that we had to rework. Thank you. Yes. So when you contact the commissioner's office, you give them a document and it's a agreement that is ready to be executed by both teams. It's been agreed to by the teams and it goes through the provisions of the trade. And when you have to rework a trade, it's because they view it as not proper. Our trade that we had to rework was we had an issue where we were giving a player to a team for a coach. And we just talked about this with the scouting deal. And we did it also with Pablo Ozuna. We did it with Trevor Williams. And we were doing it as a, make good for something that we weren't supposed to be doing. And so we tried to just do a pretend trade where we got back a bag of balls or something completely ridiculous. We used to be able to say a player to be named later or cash considerations. And those cash considerations would be a dollar. But sometimes the commissioner's office comes back and says, hey, come on, you're embarrassing us. You're embarrassing yourselves. Make an actual trade. Gary Batman will go to Philadelphia and say, you absolutely violated. There's no question about it. And so the way they'll rework it is they'll do something regarding money. And there'll be a three-way situation where the Hurricanes will do something with another team. The Flyers will do something with another team. Because at the end of the day, the teams don't matter who they're doing it with. They just want to be in a certain place financially. So there's always workarounds. The workarounds are happening right now. Not just NHL. Now, MLB is approaching the trade deadline. There's major workarounds happening furiously in NBA offices. Free agency starts on this Friday. Who's excited? Raise your hand. Who's excited to see where Russell Westbrook ends up? <laughs> Not me. Unless you want to place a futures bet for a team that can't win. What about James Harden? Are you excited to see if he signs with Philadelphia again? Because that's good. Coca, did you see it's not in the rundown? Did you see that Tobias Harris's father, he's a player for the Sixers, for a team that underperforms every year with the MVP who shouldn't have won the MVP, but whatever. Joel Embiid, great player, but not a playoff winner. 
But don't worry, their owners are totally focused. They're not distracted at all. They do nothing but live to own the Sixers. That's all they do. One thing, they have no outside interest whatsoever. Tobias Harris's father went public saying, I don't like where they positioned him on offense. <laughs> I want one time for another father or mother to come talk to me about that. One time. It's happened so many times. I want one more. Just one more to make me feel good. Hey, we don't think that you're giving my boy enough at-bats. Really? He sucks. I feel like you're pulling it. You're pulling him too long. I'm not liking the way that you're calling the game for my son, the pitcher. Really? How about he shakes him off and executes a slider every once in a while? The Sixers. I don't like where Tobias is on offense. Shut up. Draymond Green is going to sign back with the Warriors. I'd be so pissed at Steve Kerr right now. So pissed. Steve Kerr coming out and saying, we can't. He's a championship player. Without him, we can't win a championship. Well, great, Steve. Thanks a lot. That really helps the negotiation with Draymond. Are we going to have to let him do three podcasts a week instead of one a month? Are we going to have to let him not go to road games if he doesn't want to? Travel separately? Sweet on the road? Do we have to give him a Jordan Poole doll that he can stick pins into? Or do we just have to, have to give him a hundo? I think I have a way to see that we he's not going to get 100, and I'm quite nervous about that. Anyway, free agency starts Friday at 6 p.m. There'll be a bunch of signings because there's been a bunch of tampering. All right, we're going to come back with a movie review of a sequel that just dropped on Netflix starring Thor. And then we're going to talk about a question that someone asked me about sports books and marketing dollars. And you brought up a very interesting subject. We'll be right back. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson and Matthew Coca. Hope you're all doing well. We are live on YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, 8 to 8.45 Eastern. Every day we are taking July 4th off. Coca just told me. Apparently he's got a barbecue to go to. I'm still going to talk to myself from 8 to 8.45, but there will be no show that day. But we have some time before then. It's only June 27th. I guess it's a week from today, though. Independence Day. Oh, I know what movie I'll watch. You can also download the podcast, and I know you're doing it. Thank you. We are climbing both rankings and numbers and downloads, which is great as I'm sitting here in Metalark's offices as I continue to grow and become such an important part of their orbit. <laughs> okay. Where were we? Extraction 2. Really? So Extraction 1 was Chris Thor Hemsworth. It's a poor man's John Wick, Matt. That's why you don't need to watch it. Because I know you love John Wick. 
everybody dies. Here's what bothers me. And I do try to suspend disbelief, but it doesn't work. Have you ever noticed in action movies that the star of the movie can take his gun and kill someone from 80 feet, nails them right in the head, blood spurting, dead. Nobody shoots him. Forget from 80 feet, they can't make it. They're not as good. But when they get up close and they could just kill him, instead they decide they've got guns. They say, you know what? Let's go with the knife fight. Well, why? Are you trying to kill the guy or not? It's not like there's a reward if you bring him in alive. It's not a Western. Although the running time would be about 6.9 minutes if that happened. Extraction 2 is the story of him trying to save his wife's sister from a terribly mean guy in prison who holds her hostage in prison. What kind of prison allows a husband to say, hey, I want my wife and kid in the cell next door? So they're literally sitting there in the cell next door, but they made it a bedroom with an Xbox, so it's fun for the kid. Are you joking? I'm going to spoil Extraction 2 right now. Sorry, I'm spoiling it. Chris Hemsworth doesn't die, all right? Are you mad? Did I ruin it for you? It's a hard pass. Hard. And here's the best news. I'm going to get to watch and review Extraction 3. They haven't even announced it yet, have they? The way Extraction 2 ended, you thought, hey, I think there'll be another extraction. (laughs) There will be. There's always someone to extract. There's an endless number of stories. It's like having a different movie for a serial killer, but you only do one killer per movie. Hey, he's a serial killer. I think we got a couple other movies worked in here. It's like Dahmer. We can do five parts, just a different body part per part. Extraction two. Eh. All right, Coca, play that funky music. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. I don't know if Elon Musk has changed the rules on Twitter, but try to get into my DMs. I read as many as I can. Ask some questions in there. You can also go on Apple and ask a question. You can find us on Instagram at David P. Samson, Twitter at David P. Samson, nothingpersonal.mpds on TikTok, though I don't know there's capacity to leave comments on TikTok. Coca, are there? Can you leave questions on TikTok? I don't know. But ask a question. And if you start it with, hello, David, that's a hell of a start. If you go, hello, Mr. Sampson, and put a P in there, your question's not going to make it. Generally, Mr. Sampson's bothering me because my grandpa and dad are not around. Hello, David. I've been reading about sports books and their marketing deals with teams going south. Can you help me understand what is happening? Love it. Let me explain why this person, I, I, I assume that was a very short question, which is fine. Here's what I assume you're talking about. Sportsbooks, DraftKings, BetMGM, FanDuel, PointsBet, Fubo Gaming. There's all of these different platforms. DraftKings is, of course, the bet. This brought to you by DraftKings. It's the best. But all of them are spending money 
on marketing. And the purpose of marketing is to get people to sign up and to feel good about placing their bets with that particular company. The reason why FanDuel does what it does or DraftKings does what it does is they want you when you're betting and people are betting. Make no mistake. It's getting legalized in more and more states and people are spending billions of dollars in the attempt to make billions of dollars. Of course, one person's win is another person's loss, yada, yada. These companies are heading toward profitability, trying to. However, what they're doing is they're getting investors to pour money into their companies. Then they're spending that money, not just on back of the house technology, but on marketing and some are national deals and some are local deals. What we are seeing recently is that national deals are not working because money is being allocated into states where there is no legalized gambling. So what the hell are you doing? Why do you need to spend money to get people in California to be aware? Because they'll drive across the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, the Bay Bridge. Maybe they'll drive over to Nevada. They always could have done that. So several things have been happening. Points Bet had a deal with NBC and it was a marketing deal and they reworked it. And the reason they reworked it is that they felt the annual spend was too high and they were not getting enough of a return. So instead of breaking the deal, they renegotiated the deal. Part of renegotiating the deal is they extended it, but got to pay less. So NBC gets to say, hey, we have an advertiser who's with us for extra years. The advertiser gets to say, hey, we're spending less per year, so our financials show improvement. Some of the companies are taking the deals and they're just eliminating them. Cryptocurrency style. They're saying, hey, we can't afford it. We're not doing it. There's a lawsuit right now with the New York Jets. The New York Jets are in the news every day. Aaron Rodgers is peddling mushrooms. Hard knocks looks like it may make the Jets be on hard knocks. I wonder how good Aaron Rodgers will be live. Hey, Aaron, can we come over to your house and watch you do some shrooms, baby? Any chance we can come to dinner with you and Danica? Well, maybe not Danica anymore. The New York Jets, they'd be a perfect hard knocks team, an absolute abject disaster. So the Jets had a deal with Fubo Gaming. Fubo is both a channel, Fubo TV, but it also has a gaming arm, and the gaming arm went bye-bye. In an industry where you are going to see more consolidation, and we may have talked on this show, Coca, or was it with Skipper talking about points bet and Fanatics trying to buy points bet, and then DraftKings Draft coming in and making a cash offer higher than what Fanatics was offering, and now points bet needs to decide who they're going to sell their U.S. operations to. Did we do that with nothing personal, or was that Skipper? Whatever. So Fubo Gaming did a deal. Oh, we didn't do it at all. <laughs> all right, cut it. I thought we were going to do that. Was that one of those segments that didn't make it because we only do one 45-minute show and not two? Even though you're right, doing two a day would be great, but tiring. But we could do it. Maybe we'll be forced to do it. I wonder if DraftKings would like two hours of nothing personal instead of zero that they have now. 
on their channel, which is a great channel, by the way. DraftKings has a new fast channel. You can find it on Samsung Plus or on the DraftKings site. It's called the DraftKings Network. Lebitard Show is there. So the Jets had a sponsorship deal with Fubo Gaming. They dropped it. They didn't pay their bills. And now the Jets are suing to get their money. When I used to sue people to get money from sponsorships or season ticket holders for not spending, there'd be articles written about it. What a cheap bastard Samson going out and suing his fans or suing local companies. Yeah, you signed a contract. You didn't fulfill it. I'm suing you. I want the money. We'll keep the sign up on the outfield wall. Give me the money. We'll keep sending your tickets. Give me the money. The Jets had a deal for over a million bucks a year, and they just said, see ya. But the Jets in their lawsuit are saying, you know what? Fubo TV is still around. We're going to get the money from Fubo TV. And instead of promoting Fubo Gaming, you can promote Fubo TV. Funny. When you do, do, it, do a deal with Pepsi, they can promote Doritos if they want. They can promote Pepsi Max or they can promote Aquafina, whatever they want. If they drop a brand or sell Frito-Lay, no problem. You can't cut your deal. Just start promoting a different item that you have. BetMGM went into Cincinnati. They opened a sports book in Great American Ballpark, and they said, wow, this is not working. This is like a T-Mobile store at Marlins Park. No one's coming. So they decided... And they announced that they're moving their entire operation outside of the ballpark into a development because they want better foot traffic. What is the moral of the story? All of these marketing deals and promotions that everyone is so quick to do. When something seems too good to be true, it is. When new companies are coming in in an industry that is not yet settled, it's fine and dandy to buy a Super Bowl ad you want to waste your millions buying a Super Bowl ad? Just kidding, CBS. I love you too. No one's wasting anything. That's not true. Millions of dollars to get some attention. It's fine. It's brand building, brand recognition. It's all very exciting. But then you wake up and you look at your financials and you go out to investors and you look at your stock price and your market cap and they look at you and say, do you know what the hell you're doing? You're spending this amount of shekels on that and your return is Donata. So there, in addition to being consolidation in the sports book industry, in the online gaming industry, you are also going to see smarter, more pointed spends that actually result in revenue. <gasps> Can you imagine wanting to do a marketing campaign that results in revenue. I mean, listen, call me crazy. Call me by my name. I am David Sampson. And if I'm going to spend money, I want to make money. I appreciate your question. We hit a hundo, Matt. The Angels won in a wild pitch. Who cares how they won? The Angels beat the White Sox. We are 197. Were we not just... 94 and 97 or 93 and 97. I think we're HO triple T right now. Well, we're 197 going into tonight. I've got a game. The Marlins schedule is about to get tough. They've got a road trip in Boston and Atlanta. They are now getting to a tough part of the schedule, but don't worry. The reigning Cy Young Award 
winner is pitching. Here's the problem. Sandy Alcantara is now a bottom of the rotation pitcher. What happened? It's horrific. His ERA is over five. He used to be an absolute. Now it's Yuri Perez. The Marlins have been great. Fans are showing up. It's so important now that they play well on the road. Try to get a split on this road trip if they can. Not that it matters to them, but it would be great for when they come home again. The Red Sox are only minus 120 over the Marlins. So what you should be saying is Sandy's getting money. He's an underdog. Yeah, as he should be. We're taking the Red Sox 120 over the Marlins. Okay. Can we talk about free speech for a minute, if you don't mind? I'm not going to give a lecture on why free speech is important and how important it is to have people say what they want to say, even when it drives you crazy. Even when they're morons, they have the right to say what they want to say. There's a lawsuit going on right now with ESPN. Sage Steele sued ESPN and Walt Disney. This goes all the way back to COVID. Here's how it works. As you remember, during COVID, there were companies that were demanding vaccines. There were entire states that were demanding vaccines. There were states that weren't that said, hey, you don't have to get a vaccine. You shouldn't get a vaccine. There were other companies saying you can't come to work if you don't get a vaccine. As a matter of fact, CBS was one of them. If you want to work for CBS, you got to be vaccinated. Disney did the same thing. I get it. Sage Steele did not get it. She did not want to participate. And as a matter of fact, she said a few things about what their vaccine mandate was. And wouldn't you know it, see you later. So she sued ESPN saying they violated her First Amendment right to free speech, both federally and the Connecticut right, because of course, everyone's got a right to free speech, violated. So this lawsuit is happening. And just yesterday, Walt Disney said, I have an idea. Let's get rid of this lawsuit. We're going to pay you $500,000. They offered her like $501,000, whatever they offered her. We'll give you 500 grand. We're so sorry. Take the money. See you later. You got a college fund for your kids. Don't know if she has kids. Doesn't matter. Not my point. Take the half a million. And she told them to stuff it. I love it. Sage Steele took a position. She let her lawyer do the talking. And her lawyer said something great. When you make a settlement offer, that's not the lawyer. This is me talking for a quick minute. You got to be very careful when you make a settlement offer. Settlement offers are not admissible if this case goes to a jury trial or any sort of trial. You cannot have admitted the fact that you tried to settle. Because of course, trying to settle, does that mean that you have a weak position? You think you're gonna lose, you think you were wrong? No. There is a very big misunderstanding that Sage Steele's attorney has. What the attorney said is that Disney and ESPN clearly admit their liability by offering to pay Sage Steele more than half a million dollars for taking away her right to free speech. Brian Friedman, lawyer for Sage Steele, you know better. Their 
offer to settle has nothing to do with admitting liability. It has to do with how much it's going to cost them to actually go to court and what their percentage chances of losing and how much they would lose. They do the math and they come out with, hey, for 500 grand, let's move on to the next headache, not admitting liability. Brian Friedman kept going. The offer misses the point. Disney cannot purchase their employees' constitutional rights no matter how powerful they think they are. You think that's what Disney was thinking when they came up with the settlement number? Hey, let's see what the number is. Let's go through. Hey, could someone get me in the uh, control room here? Can I get a copy of the U.S. Constitution, if you don't mind? If you happen to have one free, just the Constitution. I'm going to go through the Constitution right now. I'm going to go through the Bill of Rights, and I'm going to assess and assign a value to it. And I'm going to see if I can change some rules, violate some provisions, and figure out how much money I have to spend to do it. Give me a break. It's absurd. And this is not me me at all being pro-Disney, pro-ESPN, anti-free speech. None of it. It's that when this settlement offer happened... The biggest misunderstanding is why. And then Sage Steele's attorney goes into a whole thing about Ron DeSantis and Disney and the fight they're having. And I am not carrying the water for Ron DeSantis. As I sit here in Florida, I'm embarrassed to sit here in a state where Ron DeSantis is the governor and the things that he does. But they're comparing it. Would Disney accept money from Florida as some sort of remuneration? for what Ron DeSantis is trying to do? Give me a break. So my view on this lawsuit is that it is possible that her rights to free speech were violated, except here's the thing about free speech. I right now do work with CBS. I do work with Metalark, let me try this. I am madly in love with the Pat McAfee show. And I absolutely love NBC and ABC. CBS Sports, forget it. Metalark and Levitard, come on, man. I can't say that stuff. It's like working at Coke. I told you this example. You can't work at Coke and drink a Pepsi. You can't walk around Coke and go into a board meeting and say, God, do I like Pepsi better. Oh, no, that's my free speech. I have the right to choose what I like. No, you don't. But the reason for the settlement offer is that it's just business. Take the money, Sage. It may be your best move. This is nothing personal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.